Good morning. What a blessing to be together this morning. If you are watching this morning uh, from Ohio, aren't we so glad that we have live stream that you all can be home in your pajamas and your cup of coffee, uh, able to worship and praise the Lord this morning. And then also we're equally just as glad to have this live stream. Uh, for those of you that are in Florida, I understand uh, looking through the feed this morning that a lot of you are in Florida. So I'm just going to say I'm jealous. We're just going to get that out of the way. So enjoy that warm weather and sunshine uh, down in Florida or wherever you're watching today. So again, so glad that you are here with us this morning. I want to start us out in a word of prayer as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord this morning. Won't you join me? Father, we come before you this morning and we just thank you for this opportunity that we can gather together yet apart. Lord, as your body to worship and praise you this morning. Father, I ask that this would be a time to prepare our hearts to receive you this morning. What it is that you have for us, there's a word, Lord, that you have for each and every one of us this morning. So, Lord, I pray that you would fine-tune our senses, that we would see you, that we would hear you, and, Lord, that we would feel you. We thank you, Lord, that you meet us here, wherever it is that we're watching. Lord, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to dwell amongst all of us in this time. We pray these things in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. And we all say together, amen. Amen and amen. Well, we are uh, continuing in our sermon series, Live Ready. And we are living and experiencing a time in history like no other. And I have to tell you that uh, uh, social media and the internet has been frustrating, but also there have been some great funnies. I don't know about you, but these Bernie memes have just been hysterical. They just keep getting better. And I, I saw one earlier this month, uh, and some of you may have seen this as well. It says, I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've experienced the free seven-day trial, and I'm not interested. Some of us may agree with that. And then another one. I thought this was super cute. My ducks are absolutely not in a row. At this point, I don't even know where my ducks are. I, uh, I got a calendar uh, in October for 2021 and, and marked out everything that I've got going on in 2021. And I thought, well, we'll just see what happens. But because of technology, we're able to continue on. So what a blessing that is. Friends, we, uh, we're just in chaotic times right now, but I want to encourage you that God is with us even in the midst of the chaos. So this morning, we're going to uh, take a look at a passage from 1 Kings, and we're going to enter into this time of chaos in this uh, biblical time. And we meet Elijah the prophet, and I want to give you some context here with this passage. So King Ahab was the king at the time, and his wife was Jezebel. And they were the rulers of this day, and they were not good rulers. They were evil rulers. And the Israelites, they had fallen away from God. They had fallen away from God. They had distanced themselves. And their faith had been challenged with all that they had endured. The king and his wife had many of the prophets killed because the king um, was threatened by anyone that worshipped God. And so the remaining prophets were hidden. Elijah had stayed out of sight until the Lord spoke to him. And he said, go and present yourself to Ahab 
and I will send rain. You see, there had been a severe drought and famine. Again, Ahab and Jezebel, uh, again, not good people, evil people. Um, uh, but Elijah was faithful. He was faithful. And Obadiah was the evil king's right-hand man, right-hand man. And he worked for him very closely. But he, again, was a faithful believer. Obadiah was a faithful believer. And he had this encounter with Elijah. And when he saw Elijah, he fell to his feet. And when Elijah asked him to see the king, he arranged that meeting. And we get to have a listen in to that conversation. Here are these words from 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, verses 17 to 19. Again, 1 Kings 18, 17 to 19. And before I read this, I just want to encourage you, uh, if, if you've got your phone, if you're not watching on that, to pull up the notes tab. We've got the, the uh, app. Uh, there's a place that you can take sermon notes on there as well or a pen and a piece of paper of what God is going to speak to you this morning. I, I believe so, so much that, that God gave me this message that there is something in here for all of us. So I just want to encourage you to either make a mental note or to write that down or to put it in your phone. So again, 1 Kings 18, 17 to 19. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, troubler of Israel? And this is the exchange between Ahab and Elijah. Is that you, troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah said, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Again, wavering between God and the, the, the Baal gods. But the people said nothing. Elijah went before the people. Again, how long Will you waver between two opinions? A couple other uh, translations. The NIV says, in what ways are you wavering in your allegiance to him? The HCSB says, how are you hesitating to fully commit or submit to him? The ESV says, in what ways are you limping along? Unsteady, imbalanced. And then the uh, King James Version, how about halting or stopping or starting? Not able to move straight ahead. You see, the Israelites, they weren't ready. They weren't living ready, not even close. And some had turned to the, the Baal idol worship and had fallen away from God. And God sent Elijah to redirect them. Some of us have been in a season that we have drifted spiritually. And it's okay to admit that. We've drifted spiritually. Maybe even some of us are far from God. You see, back in the ancient days, there were spiritual hackers. They caused doubt and diversion from God, caused to question faith and to turn away from God. And guess what? They didn't go away. They did not go away. Just like we protect our computers from hackers, uh, many of us have antivirus protection, maybe a, a Norton or a McAfee, and, and we have to protect our faith, our relationship with God, with anti-hacker protection. Don't let your protection run out. You have to renew it on a regular basis. 
and it's called the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. That just kind of came out of nowhere. I hope you enjoyed that. Your uh, anti-hacker protection package includes God's instruction manual, a 24-hour helpline, someone to talk to, someone to listen to you. It offers guidance and direction and an opportunity to gather with others, just like we're doing today, who have spiritual hacker protection, to give thanks and to worship. So how is your spiritual life? Don't let your antivirus protection lapse and make yourself vulnerable. God shows us his power, his love, and his mercy, no matter what the condition is. For the past 11 months, we have experienced racial unrest, deep political division, rioting and protests, and we've learned how to live apart and keep a six-foot distance from one another, all the while walking around covering half of our faces. And we've learned to live ready for the unexpected. This summer, I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law, Kyle, and yes, she is uh, my sister-in-law, and she is a woman. She just happens to have a boy's name, but having a conversation with my sister-in-law, Kyle, and, and uh, we were talking about uh, what was happening uh, at the time, uh, what we were reading, what we were sensing, and hearing from the Lord. And last February, which is uh, a year now, I sensed through scripture, I was in the book of Ezra, and I was also in the book of Nehemiah, that God was going to do something new and he was going to rebuild his church. And we talked about uh, just, uh, again, scripture, some of the conspiracy theories that were out there, and we had uh, joked around with, you know, what we need to do to be prepared uh, if something should happen, right? So what do we want to make sure that we've got batteries and we've got toilet paper, right? And so we were just kind of having a, a fun conversation around that, and she'd even joked around about, hey, you know what, I'm going to tell your brother, let's sell the house and get an RV, and so we had a good chuckle. Of course, you know, that, that didn't happen. Nobody was going for that. But one of the things that we talked about that day is above any preparation that we have for this crazy, scene that, this crazy season that we're in is that we need to get right with God. And I have said it to my children, to my family, that in this season, more so than ever, is that we need to get right with God first. And when we do that, we can live ready for anything that comes our way. I uh, saw this quote the other day that I loved. It, it really spoke to me. It said, God isn't going to restore an earlier version of your life. He's going to replace it with something better. I want to encourage you this morning with those words. So this morning we find ourselves on Mount Carmel. And we've all come in different conditions this morning. The first time that I traveled to the Holy Land, I visited Mount Carmel. And I hope to go back again uh, late October. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that is what the plan is to go back uh, at the end of October this year. And as our bus made its way to Mount Carmel, uh, we were climbing. And I'm sure you've had this experience, but the bus, we just kept, it was a steep, uh, steep uh, ascent up that mountain. And we would drive, and then, you know, we would curve, and we would drive up, and we would curve. And, and I was looking out the window of the bus, and it was just uh, absolutely a breathtaking view. And that, that uh, window seat confirmed just how high we were going. 
And once we reach the top of Mount Carmel, uh, the destination that we're talking about today and, and the destination that I was able to visit, the views, they were like no other. They were absolutely breathtaking. Uh, we saw rolling hills and, and large mountains and deep valleys, lush trees, green grass. It was absolutely breathtaking. We could see as far as Samaria and, and the beautiful Jezreel Valley and Judea and beyond. But what was even more profound that day that I visited was how I saw people from all nations around this world. And they were huddled together in their native tongue and they gathered at this holy historical mountaintop and they gathered and they huddled in groups of powerful prayer because of what had taken place at this very site. The power and the presence of God had fallen. Here are these words from Kings 18, 22 to 24. 1 Kings 18, 22 to 24. Then Elijah said to them, I am only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but do not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but will not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, lower G, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So he's challenging them. And then the people all agreed. What, what you say is good, and they were in agreement. So morning till evening, they called upon the name of Baal. No fire. So they danced, and they built an altar. Nothing happened. Why? Because their God did not exist. Hear these words from 1 Kings 18, 30 through 39. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. And they came to him, and they repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes that descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to, two, to hold two seeds of seed. <clears throat> Something I don't want you to miss. The 12 stones reminded them of their unity. They had been div divided for years now. He repaired, Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord that had been broken down. Friends, the first step towards blessing is repairing. Whether we realize it or not, we all have altars in our lives. So a question for you this morning, what altar in your life needs to be repaired? Your personal altar of devotion, your family altar, your communion with God. We pick up in verse 33. He arranged the wood, he cut the bull into pieces, and he laid it on the wood. <clears throat> and then he said to them, fill four large jar <clears throat> excuse me, jars of water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said. Do it a third time. He ordered, and they did it a third time, and the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, 
Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that they will know that you are Lord, our God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, Lord, he is God. The Lord is God. The fire of the Lord fell. God showing his existence and communicating his very presence. God gets our attention and he directs, he redirects when we get turned around with epic signs from heaven. Friends, we need to get right with God to live ready. In early December, uh, my, my brother and my sister-in-law Kyle and their family uh, all had COVID from Thanksgiving and everyone had recovered but my sister-in-law. The COVID had affected her lungs and her body terribly, and she was struggling from the side effects of COVID. They live in Dayton, which is where she was admitted to the hospital, and they care flighted her down here to UC Medical Center on December 19th. And she was put on a variety of machines to help her lungs heal because she was so very sick. It was a month of ups and downs. And during this time, the family would often wake up at three in the morning to pray for Kyle. On January 8th, my brother called at 10 o'clock at night, much later uh, than he would normally call. I would usually talk to him once a day. And I knew it wasn't good because, you know, you just have that feeling when the phone rings. And she had taken a bad turn. And he said, I need for you to meet me and the family at the hospital to say goodbye. She was just 47 years old. You see, God hears our prayers. And he heard our prayers. Even at 3 o'clock in the morning, they just weren't answered the way that we had hoped. You see, we trust even in times when we don't understand. It's called faith. And I know that I'm not alone with these stories. Many of you have experienced very similar situations. This is a very difficult time that we are in. I know that she is at peace and she is whole with Jesus because she was right with God. So the next day I had gone up to, uh, to Dayton to visit with my brother and the family and, and we talked and we planned the funeral. And again, it was just another hard day. So when I got home the next day, I had prepared the whole service. I had, had typed everything out and I probably went through a box of Kleenex doing it. So during this time, my husband and I both had sinus infections. 
no big deal, just a sinus infection. And I thought, you know what, before I go around a lot of people, I'm going to have a COVID test just to, to double check to make sure that I don't have that. So when people hear me just a little nasally, that I can say, no, I tested negative. So I went and got my, my test. And wouldn't you know, it came back positive. I couldn't even believe it. I would have never guessed. And so we all have a, a range of symptoms with all of this. I don't want to diminish uh, how it, how it affected me, because obviously um, it did not uh, affect my sister-in-law the same way or many others. So everything had changed in that minute, and I thought, okay, I've got this ready to go. And um, so I, I immediately called my brother, and he said, you know, no problem. He said, you know, I, I had a feeling something like this could have happened, so I'm prepared to do the service. And when I hung up the phone with him, I just had this peace come over me. It was this, this peace, a peace that passes all understanding, actually. And so I called him the next day, and we were talking about the service and, uh, you know, planning what that would look like. And I was just, you know, th this was, this was going to be something that he was preparing, and he didn't need to, to do what I had prepared. But I shared with him, I said, David, I said, I, I feel like you're on a spiritual journey. And he agreed. Um, he agreed. And so... Um, Friends, I just want to say to you this morning <clears throat> that we're all on a spiritual journey. Every single one of us, whatever that is, we're all on a spiritual journey. And it looks different for all of us. Elijah was on a spiritual journey. After he conquered the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, he let fear and anxiety get a hold of him and he ran and after 40 days and 40 nights, he came to his destination on Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. Here are these words from 1 Kings 19, 9 to 12. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The Lord appears to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death by the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a still, small voice. God appears to Elijah in that small, still voice, the sound of silence. When you're trying to hear God's voice or his will for your life, what are you listening for? Is it the thin silence, the delicate whisper, or the big noisy sounds? Living ready involves fine-tuning our spiritual senses to hear, to see, to feel, to sense the presence of the Lord. I believe that he makes himself known to us today by sending angels through the living word of God, the Bible. I believe that the Lord speaks to us through dreams, that he speaks to us through visions and the small, still voice. 
and even the loud noises. His presence is always with us. It's with us right now, wherever we are at this moment. The morning of Kyle's funeral, my brother put on his brand new suit and a watch that she had bought him. And when he looked down that morning, it had stopped at 3 o'clock in the morning, the time that the family had awoken to pray throughout her illness. God was drawing near to them as they were drawing near to him. You see, God can get our attention in big ways or in small, subtle ways. God is with us on this journey no matter how hard it is at times. Our readiness leads to revelation. So a couple of things that that I want to end with that I want you to, to think about, to pray about, to let it soak into your being. The first one is to get right with God. Be aware of spiritual hackers that seek to distract us from our faith. Daily renew your spiritual protection by being in the word of God and spending time with God. And the second thing is that we're all on a spiritual journey. God is with you. God is faithful. And we have these spiritual disciplines that equip us. You see, what we do with God in private is far more important than what we do for God in public. I'm going to say that again. What we do with God in private is far more important than what we do for God in public. You see, our hidden life prepares us for our public life. We must be willing to go through such disciplines that they prepare us for the very things that challenge us. Friends, he comforts and he counsels and he restores. God is with us. Pay attention to the epic signs and the small, still voice. So on the flip side of that, what voices do you need to not listen to? What parts of your life do you need to silence the noise? Sometimes we have to wait Even when we're ready, we have to wait. And if you are in a season of waiting, I encourage you not to give up. Hear these words from Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I'm getting ready to do a uh, Priscilla Shire uh, Bible study on Elijah online. And one of the quotes that I saw out of her book uh, says, Wherever he has placed you, he has promised to sustain you. Friends, that is good news. I want you to join me in a time of prayer. God, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you that you meet us here. And Father, I pray that you would fall afresh on us this day to reveal yourself. God, I pray for our moments of distraction when we turn from you. And we redirect our hearts and our minds, Lord, that that, that they would lead to you. We glorify you this day for who you are. And Father God, we pray these words from Revelation 4. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, 
the one who always was, who is and is to come. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and they exist because you created them and you are pleased. God, we're reminded that you can do immeasurably more that we could ever ask or imagine and we commit ourselves to you this day. It's in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus that we pray and we all say, amen.